Hi, I'm Babs Weber, and welcome to Paused at Home, an Alberta Social Innovation Connect podcast. The pandemic and economic downturn this spring and summer have forced many changemakers to pause and pivot. We've accomplished a lot in the past few months, but there's still much more to make sense of as we move forward. With this in mind, we've decided to touch base with Albertan changemakers to hear about the new questions and reflections on their minds during this period of systems change. If the conversation sparks new thoughts for you, please share in the comments of your favorite listening platform and let us know what you think. Kayla Blackadar and Nicole Schreiner are two of ABSI Connect's Community Catalyst Program participants. They both work for Strathcona County and saw a need to drive change for a more inclusive and welcoming environment for youth in their community. In today's episode, Kayla and Nicole share the journey that has led them to the question they are sitting with today, which is, how do we meaningfully engage youth, or anyone in our community for that matter, during this time? Along with sharing their journey, they chat about the steps they've taken to address their big question. Here's their story. Hi, thank you so much for having us. My name is Kayla Blackadar. I've been working with Strathcona County's Family and Community Services for three years now in different capacities. I'm currently the Coalition Assistant and I am currently enrolled at the University of Alberta School of Public Health, pursuing a Master of Public Health specializing in health promotion. I heard about APSI through their podcast interview they did with two Albertan Early Childhood Coalitions, and I've been a huge fan of PAWS ever since, so it is truly an honor to be a guest today. Nicole and I have been connected to APSI through their Community Catalyst Program. This program has been developed to help communities across Alberta address a stuck issue they've been facing. I introduced the program to our coalition members and Nicole stepped up with a stuck issue that she has been noticing through her work with Strathcona County's Recreation, Parks and Culture. And we decided to apply to the program as a team. Hello, I am Nicole Schreiner and I have to echo Kayla in saying how excited I am to be a part of this podcast today and to have the opportunity to share a little about our work and our APSI Connect project. I have been working for Strathcona County for about eight years now currently working for Recreation, Parks and Culture as the guest services supervisor for our rural recreation facilities, which includes our Drossen Recreation Complex, Moyer Recreation Center, and Strathcona Olympia Center. I love this role for how it allows me to work with groups both inside our facility and out in our surrounding community, as well as getting to work in so many different areas, weddings, childcare, play areas, drop-in sports, and of course, our youth zones. As part of working in those youth areas, I noticed an interesting dynamic in the way youth were involved and seen in our facilities by staff and guests. And I wanted to take part in driving change for a more inclusive and welcoming response towards youth, which included hangout spaces that were created for youth by youth themselves. We have been eager and extremely grateful to take part in the Community Catalyst Project. From sharing thoughts and ideas with our cohort to exploring new ways to engage meaningfully with youth, this project has been impactful on a personal level, as well as for our community. Through collaborative efforts, we hope to create collective impact in our community to help empower, connect, and support rural Strathcona County youth aged 12 to 18. By increasing access to meaningful and relevant recreation and socialization that is inclusive and equitable. We aim to increase youth-led program development and youth engagement and we hope to develop safe gathering spaces where youth can socialize, feel connected, and be provided support and resources. 
Our project was sparked by recognizing that our community was lacking safe, welcoming hangout spaces for youth. We had lots of youth coming to our facilities, but not necessarily using them as intended by staff and community members. Ultimately, we want to provide opportunities for youth to feel empowered and connected by recreating and providing spaces that meet their needs. We started with this stuck problem in our current spaces, and then we got restuck when this pandemic hit and all the spaces where we had planned to engage with youth were closed and we were thrown into a virtual online distanced environment. The ongoing question that we now face is how do we meaningfully engage youth or anyone in our community during this time? This question really relates to our work and the work others do in our broader organization. We all work with people face-to-face on a daily basis, and we rely on human connection to build relationships and trust in order to support our community members. So what does this look like moving forward? We've had to shift our thinking substantially. The process we are currently going through feels a lot slower because we don't have the ability to hold events to engage with youth or be in the same space with them to have conversations. However, we find that our planning isn't very intentional because we must take things slow and go day by day. To move past the stuck feeling we were experiencing, we decided we needed to just start trying things, brainstorm new ideas, and collaborate with others working with youth in our community. Since we've come to these realizations, we've tried some new ideas. We've offered a training opportunity that was open to anyone within our network to build capacity for work with youth and get on the same page regarding youth experiences. We are starting to build a community Instagram page to have an online platform to engage youth and a mini grant program to empower youth to spread positivity in our community. While the opportunities aren't what we originally envisioned, they are still creating impact and moving us forward in our overall mission. We've realized that the most important thing isn't that we get to try out all the ideas that we first came up with, but that we start to tackle the issues and challenges that we first saw taking place. Working towards our vision and the connections we make are much more important. We aren't alone in this, and we don't have to be. There are many groups and individuals trying to engage with youth, and when we work together towards solving these problems, we are stronger. We are exploring how we can support others in their work, how they can support us, and ultimately how we can continue to support and empower the youth in our community. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of PAUSE. In the spirit of reconciliation, we'd like to feature land acknowledgements recorded by students of the Virtual School Project, a cohort of folks building a new education model that incorporates Indigenous ways of knowing and creates new pathways to meet the Truth and Reconciliation Commission's calls to action. Treaty 6 to me is a place where people gather together, create together, and learn together. I have been privileged to live on this land, a land that has been taken care of by generations of Indigenous and non-Indigenous peoples before me, a land that is shared among everyone who lives on it. This land, Amiskwasiwaskaiken, has been here for centuries, stepped on by millions of people, But many people don't know what it's like to connect with the land they live on, to know why the grass stands the way it does, and why there are hills in some provinces but not in others. Many people don't think twice about those things because to some they aren't important. I'm not going to speak on behalf of anybody or any group of people because I'm just one person and I only have one perspective, so I'll only speak on my own perspective. Land acknowledgements seem to have become an obligation to leaders at events and in schools. The spiritual aspect of actually recognizing 
the ground we stand on in that moment and the air that we're breathing and why we are where we are has kind of disappeared. Or maybe it wasn't there. When I listen to the land acknowledgements at school, I see the eye rolls of my peers and hear the heavy sighs as if to say, ugh, this again. And those people may never understand the importance of taking a moment to think about what it means to live in Treaty 6, or even in Canada. The land acknowledgement for APSB has been said so many times to me that when I hear it now, it's got a rhythm to it. This is not how it's supposed to be. Land acknowledgements should be personal to the person saying them, or something that the school or organization puts together about what the land means to them. I think that by acknowledging on the land on which a gathering is occurring, we are taking a moment to think about what this place on earth is to us, what it means. Whether it's the first time you were in that place or you have mem many memories there, you are thinking about what it means to you in the moment that you are acknowledging the land. Every story and memory is important when people are recognizing the land that they are on, and everybody should be able to connect. If you enjoyed this episode, please help us out by sharing it with a friend and rating us on your favorite listening platform. We'd also love to feature your big question on a future episode. Find us at abcconnect.ca slash get hyphen involved for more information on how to be a guest. We'd like to thank our funding partner, the Suncor Energy Foundation, producer and editor Elise Martinowski of ABC Connect, and theme music creator Eileen Aurora. I'm Babs Weber. Thank you for listening. Thank you.